Welcome to Healthcare Hacks and Connections Podcast. Here you will learn all things podcasting, acquire amazing tips and tricks required to transform your podcast into an essential tool to grow your business. On this show, we will bring in expert guests from across the healthcare spectrum. They will share their personal stories, discuss their struggles, and give real examples of how a podcast helped to grow their business. Now let's head into this week's episode. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have a special guest with us. I know I always say that, but we really do have a special guest with us. She is a powerhouse in the OT uh, field. She is the telehealth OT, and I'm going to actually pass it off to her to explain a little bit more about what she does because it is amazing, and we got a lot. This is going to be a fun episode. So, Reina Oliveira, can you introduce, well, I introduced you, but can you give a little bit more of an introduction to yourself for the listeners? Yeah, Nathan, thank you so much for having me. As you said, my name is Reina Oliveira, and I am affectionately known as the Telehealth OT. I am the owner of Telehealth OT Services, which started out as a pediatric private practice for children with autism, most of them being homeschooled. That's like my niche. And then I was, interestingly enough, getting more questions from occupational therapists asking me how I started my business, then I was getting potential clients. And so I decided while I was getting my practice up and running that I could at least write a book on telehealth for other occupational therapy practitioners to know what it is that we do. And so my book conveniently got published in March of 2020, right at the start of the pandemic. And everyone just started turning to me, screaming for help. How do we do telehealth? Please help us. What platforms? How do we engage the kiddos? Can we do this with adults, et cetera? I was getting all the questions. So I quickly went into finishing an online course that I was creating. I went into helping clinicians to continue to run their practices so that they wouldn't have to shut down. I went into helping other OTs start their own private practices and... Now I am doing mostly just coaching because I recently had a baby. So I stopped seeing my patients. <laughs> um, so I'm doing coaching with clients for business and any kind of creating like an online revenue stream, including telehealth and other things. I mean, that is so much like, I can't even believe that you're doing this. I remember when we kind of re-met each other again at SSHC where we had a conference and it was just like, we were seeing each other and it was like so exciting just because we seen each other grow from where we were a year ago. And I just want to say like, you've knocked it out of the park. You are killing it. And we're going to get into something that she's killing right now, which is <laughs> she has a conference coming up. And so she's delivering and serving to uh, the highest uh, that she can and still a mother, like new mother, like, come <laughs> on guys. Like if you have an excuse out there right now, like you know, no, this none. is actually my third baby. So it makes it even worse. Well, better, worse, whatever you want to look at it. Yeah. I have three girls, five and under, and everyone always wants to know how I'm doing all of it. But yeah. So let's just talk about that. How do you do it? How do you balance that? 
Yeah. So I feel like OTs and everybody and other healthcare practitioners are always looking for this work-life balance. And that's what I look for in my life as well. And so the easy answer is that I try to do block scheduling where I just, my kids know like this time is for you. This time is for the business. This time is for my husband. This time is for my dog. Like I use a paper planner and I just try to schedule things. And obviously it doesn't always work as great as that. Sometimes the kids will come running in here and, you know, I have to stop what I'm doing and go tend to them and change dirty diapers, et cetera. But I try to just live by as much of a schedule as I can. Mm -hmm. As a pediatric OT, I know that kids thrive off of routine. And so the more that I can keep my day predictable with my girls, the easier it's going to be. Prepping activities for them to do beforehand, filling their cup with mommy time before I go into the office and just Mm -hmm. kind of using some of those strategies as best as I can. It's hard, but I really, really love working on my business. And Mm -hmm. so it just motivates me to have these girls that can look up to me and see, you know, what mom's doing. And they know some of the lingo now and they're like, Oh, you're working on the business. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they're too young to really even help right now with anything, but do they support you in some way? My five-year-old is like, mom, you're on Instagram. Let me see. Like, I want to see the video. Now she's singing the songs too. Uh Like like she would totally be down to help me like when she can, you know? And she's helping around the house like now more, which is great. Like the other day she's like, I'll do the dishes, mommy. I'm like, all right, like you can do that. Five years old. She's five and she offered to do the dishes. That's Um, awesome. And she helps with her little sisters without me asking. She'll get her little sister, the middle sister get dressed mm-hmm. she'll play with the baby and you know, entertain her mm-hmm. so yeah she helps in her own ways and they're just, yeah it's so great to see them all grow up together it's beautiful that's awesome that's awesome she's being the big sister and then helping take care of the other ones so i want to highlight something that you said there which was the stuff that you're teaching your clients you're actually implementing and doing it with your kids. Yes. And I think that's great. Yeah. So my daughter, my oldest, I say she's not formally diagnosed, but I know enough to say that she has some sensory processing issues. And Mm -hmm. so I have to be like on it to give her that sensory input that she needs in order to then lay the expectations that she can't interrupt me while I'm at work. And so I do have to use a lot of those strategies with her. I'm not going to lie though. Like I've also really had to like teach myself more parenting skills than I ever thought I would need. Like I was like, I'm a pediatric OT. I got this, but there's so many other parenting things that I needed to know. So I whipped out parenting books that I recommend to moms and I'm reading all of them and trying to implement that as much as I can and making sure that my husband's on board too and just trying to be better parents while we're growing a business at the same time. And what is it that your husband does? My husband is in construction. So he has, it works out really well for us because he'll have projects and then he won't work. Mm -hmm. He'll get contract and then not work. And so whenever he's, we try to make sure that those like Whenever he's not going to work, then I got to like hit it full throttle. Mm -hmm. And so whenever he is working, then I kind of lay low a little bit. And so we have this like nice roller coaster of like switching off. And so right now he's not working. I'm like in full launch mode for this event. 
And so he knows he's got to be on full daddy duty. Mm -hmm. When this is done and he goes back to work, then I can kind of bring it down a notch. So, so with this launch mode, like after this, do you guys have like some type of like family vacation, anything to just like, you know, like let's step back, let's get away for a week or something. Yeah. We don't have anything formally planned, but I have a lot, a lot of goals for the end of this year and for next year. Not, we don't have anything immediately planned after the event finishes, but we both want to travel nationally and internationally from the end of this year through early next year. Mm-hmm. I really want to go to the, and I'm saying I'm going, I'm not even, this is not want to go. We are going to the <laughs> World Federation of Occupational Therapy Conference in Paris in March of 2022. So we have really big wow. travel plans, but not anything immediately after the conference, maybe just like a weekend away. Uh, no, I mean, that, that sounds fun. So that's in 2022, you're saying Paris? Mm-hmm. Wow. That that's going to be amazing. I know you're going to network a lot and grow already more than you are. So let's talk about this then is why do you think not even just OTs? Cause I'm sure you have people that are not just OTs, but why do you think people should pursue telehealth? Telehealth is here to stay. I mean, I just yeah, it say is. it again, like it's here to stay. Uh-huh. It's not for everyone. I never really believed that it was for everyone. I was doing telehealth before COVID and I don't say it's for everyone, but it is here to stay. And so I think that practitioners need to embrace it and use it to supplement their practices. You don't have to have a full-blown telehealth practice, but Mm -hmm. it helps to avoid cancellations. It helps with people that are immunocompromised. Obviously it helps with situations like COVID. It could even help with if your therapists are out you can mm-hmm. get another therapist to do telehealth or even that person it's here to stay like it's we got to go with the flow of technology and i think people that are kind of still in denial about it are going to just get left behind so talking about that what is the best way for people to kind of like just get started with implementing it into their practice yeah so the first thing you need to do is really look at like the platforms that are available, look to see if your electronic medical record, your EMR already has telehealth option. Many of them jumped on it real quick and made something. Mm -hmm. Um, If not, look for something that's HIPAA compliant that you can add. There's a bunch of stuff that are free. There's other ones that are more affordable. And then there's premium ones Mm -hmm. and just look at your budget, what you can afford, how many it's very important to look at how many clinicians you're going to need to use a telehealth platform because Mm. some charge you by clinician. So if you have a huge practice and you need to staff 50 clinicians to do telehealth, you're going to need a platform that maybe doesn't charge by clinician, but maybe charges in a different model. So there's different models, some charge by the minute, some charge by the clinician and some charge by the number of clients. And so if you're only going to do maybe your cancellations and you don't have that many clients to see via telehealth, you might want to choose one that charges by the number of clients. And then obviously you want to make sure you have the tech capabilities within your business, mm-hmm. a camera, a headset, maybe not always, and then good enough like Wi-Fi and signal to be able to run those calls smoothly. Do you have like a PDF toolkit? Oh man, I have a top eight telehealth products handout that I created a while ago. Yes. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a link of that, guys, so then you can have that. Yeah. But let's talk about now towards your podcast that you started about a year ago. That's initially how we first met was through that and helping you get started, helping you get the mics and stuff and understanding yes. kind of the, the gist of it. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right. So how was that starting that? And I know you took a little break during uh, pregnancy and everything from it, but you're going to come back. And guys, she's going to come back with a horse. I'm telling you. (laughs) So talk about that. Talk about starting your podcast. Let's hear about that. Yeah. So along with everything, I was like, you know what? I got a book. I got a course. Like, I'm just going to start a podcast. Like, this is the next cool thing to do. And so I really wanted to get the word out there to all of OTs who wanted to learn more about telehealth. And so what I started doing was I'm a huge collaborator, like, Almost every program or offer that I've created has other OTs in it. And Mm -hmm. I'm very big on collaborating. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that this podcast wasn't going to just be me talking about how to do telehealth and maybe breaking up the book into podcast episodes. Like I knew it wasn't going to be just that. Mm -hmm. And so what I started to do was create a list of and ask for people online who wanted to be in the podcast. And so I just started creating a list i have a trello board of people that wanted to be on there and i started to kind of really get different topics so i wanted somebody who was school-based i wanted someone who had their own practice i wanted someone who was in another country someone with adults someone with and i just had all these topics that i wanted to outline in my podcast and so i just started scheduling interviews and of, of unique telehealth experiences that other practitioners could share with me and I interviewed them. It was going really, really well. And then I just kind of took a hiatus, but I'll be back. I'll be back. I have a few episodes that I recorded that I'm going to be putting out hopefully by the end of this year. And then I'm going to be recording some new episodes definitely and just keep going. I don't want to stop. I think especially now with the way COVID is going, more people are getting into telehealth and more people still need all this information and still need all the encouragement. So I want to continue to highlight other OTs who are doing the thing and continue to have them on my podcast. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's also just that everyone has a message. You have a message. And that's what I tried to encourage you when you were first starting is like, you have a message that someone needs to hear, whether it's you from three years ago, five years ago, or whether it's someone that's just stuck and they don't know what to do. They're just spinning their wheels. Yeah, you are amazing and getting started. So if anyone needs podcast help, you guys, Nathan's the guy, obviously. I don't think I need to say this, but if you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been a whirlwind, I can tell you, being, quote, the guy yes. that everyone refers to in messages and hits up. Because talking about like three, four years ago, wasn't even a thought, but now it is a thought and I made it out. It's because I had a story. I had a uh, mission and I believe everyone does. I agree. I agree too. And I definitely want to encourage everyone to get out there and share your knowledge with the world and not keep it to yourself. Cause we have so much to give as healthcare providers that mm-hmm. there's no reason why we should just sit quiet in a corner. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're using the podcast to build relationships. I love that. So have any of your past guests 
are they a part of this conference coming up? Um, yeah, yeah, some are. Nice. Yeah, I'm trying to think. At least two or three are that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, if not more, because they've been in it. So a lot of them that I interviewed had already been in telehealth and weren't necessarily new to it. Mm-hmm. And so them already being online automatically qualified them. And they were in my network too. A lot of people ask me like how I got so many OTs to speak at my event. And the reason is because I networked a, a bunch last year. And so a mm-hmm. lot of these OTs were already in my network. And so it was easy to just pull up those names in my brain Rolodex and contact them again and saying, Hey, we're going to do this. And you know what I want to say to anyone that's out there, the power is in the network. Yeah. hundred percent. People ask me all the time what my marketing strategies are. And like, number one is establishing my social media presence. And number two is, I mean, in no particular order, but the top two are social media presence and networking and building relationships like a thousand percent. Yep. And I always tell people that no one's really competition. Don't think of it as competition. You always have to have that abundance theory of it. No one is competition. And just as long as you believe that you're giving value, because I can't serve, there's only 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. And really, realistically, like maybe 12 of that, you can actually work. So it's like, there's plenty of people out there for everyone. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. And then let's talk about this too, then. So you talked about social media. So how should people, when they're getting these naysayers that are other providers, like how should they deal with that? Oh man, there's so much holding people back, like from being successful entrepreneurs. And I think you just really have to stay in your lane and really dig deep into your own mindset and really believe in what you're doing and just surround yourself by the people that are doing what you want to do. Surround yourself by the people who are just as motivated as you are and to just kind of cut the people out of your life who are not on board, be it family. I know it's really hard with the family dynamics, but I've heard a lot of people saying like, my mom is questioning what I'm doing. Well, like, you have to choose like family or your success in your business. And it's Mm -hmm. a really tough decision, but it's one that a lot of people need to make in order to move forward. And you know what? I mentioned this before on the podcast, but it's that thing is where those people that you're like, you're talking about, they'll anchor you or they're going to be like a crab in a bucket and they're going to keep pulling you down and you're not going to get out. Yep. And you're not going to be able to flourish because of that, because they are talking down to you and you're, you're starting to believe these things that they're saying and whatever you believe, honestly, is going to happen. Happen. Yep. Point blank. That will happen. That's why now, like I have this mindset of like, I want to make 50 K this month. Right. Like, and I know I could do it. Yeah. I know I could do it. As long as you just tell yourself that and you just reverse engineer back to where, where you're at, but like, you can do it. Anyone out there can do it. It's just, you know, you have to tell yourself. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think I'm going to bring this back to the parenting for a minute. If there's any moms out there listening, but on Saturday, so I'm starting, I just started like journaling, which I feel like I've done on and off my whole life, but I just started journaling and I'm looking up YouTube videos as silly as it sounds on like how to journal because yeah, I can just like write down what happened for the day, but I'm like, I know there's like strategy behind journaling 
for mental health. And so I looked up this video that just such one of the suggestions was to write down what you were going to expect for the day and how you're going to handle it. And I was like, Oh, I think this one's like really, really great, especially like for parents and like dealing with the kids and everything. So Saturday we had a, an expo that we were going to go to, and it was just me and the three girls. My husband was working and I wrote down in my journal, like, the girls are going to be great. Like it's going to be fabulous and whatever the words are to describe that day. And I was going to be a super patient mom and everything was going to be smooth. And I kid you not, I don't know if it was like the journaling or the fact that at each table, they had a piece of candy that the girls can have, but like, they were amazing. And I was able to go to an expo for two hours, just me and them without having like any meltdowns they sat in and listened to the lectures they went to the tables with me and like no issues but i wrote it down i claimed it and we lived it and that is exactly how it happened and so that's just exactly what you just said like if you believe it it's gonna happen i love that it's kind of like the affirmation exactly and they help pull you through the day i love that that's definitely a hack guys for you right, right there so let's talk about now your conference let's go into it what is going to be there for people are you excited you know of course and i'm so excited what goes all into planning a conference oh it's a lot of work <laughs> <laughs> all right so backstory of this whole thing is that where we went to sshc live and i came out and i was like man more ot's like need to hear about how to be successful and mm -hmm. in entrepreneurship. But for me being like the telehealth OT, I knew I wanted it to be all online. And so I was like, all right, we're going to share this information and we're going to share with all these OTs and I'm just going to use my network. So the name of the conference is the OT online side hustle and beyond virtual conference. It's a really long name, but I wanted to have it be something clear that people understood what it is. And so OT online, and you're going to go online and you're either going to start a side hustle or you're going to grow that side hustle to be your full-time job. And so what I did was I came up with 15 ways. I just listed 15 ways to make money online, including telehealth, making an online course, making money off of a podcast or a YouTube channel, writing a book, et cetera. A lot of the ways that I did, plus a lot of ways that I haven't done yet. And then I just thought of a bunch of the OTs that were already doing it online. And I even just looked some up and I created a list of, for every category, my goal was to have three to five OTs within each category. And I did a little bit of market research beforehand on whether it was going to be a conference that happened like over a week or a weekend or what, how much time people needed to know if it was going to be like a weekend thing. So I decided to do it on a weekend two full days as if we were going to a conference in person, except for it's all online. And every hour there's going to be one topic. So as I was saying, my goal was to have for each topic, three to five panelists. At the end of it, by like within a week or two, I had so many yeses that I now have four to seven panelists per session for a total of 66 OTs that are going to be sharing how they make money online. It's just going to be amazing. <laughs> so I planned the whole thing. I put out a schedule, made sure everybody could be there. Everyone committed. I was blown away by 
how fast people said yes, how encouraging they were, how positive, like, this is a great idea. I'd love to be a part of it. Just like all the positivity that came with it. And then, yeah, our mission together is to get other OTs to come into this online world to make a supplemental income, whether they're an employee or whether they are already entrepreneurs who want to diversify their income. And as far as planning everything goes, it's just, it's been a lot of work because I have to coordinate all the panelists and then I want to get their pictures. And then I want to get like little videos to put on the website. And then I'm fielding questions from people about the event. Is it going to be recorded? Can I just go to one day? Can I just go to one session? How much is it? How do I pay? You know, all the questions. And so making sure that everything is fallen into place, that everyone knows where they need to be, that my student is helping me behind the scenes, that she knows how to like work Zoom and the breakout rooms. So what we're going to do is at the top of the hour, we're going to have a new topic and the three, the four to seven panelists that are sitting in that topic, I'm going to interview them for 30 minutes, ask them all the questions. Where did you get your idea from? How long did it take you to get started? When did you get your first like paycheck and all the questions? How do they market? What resources do they use? Technology, et cetera. And then the second half an hour of that hour, each panelist is going to go into their own breakout room and all the attendees will get to choose what room they want to go and hear more from. So say you're in room one and they want to hear more from Nathan, then they'll go and they choose in Zoom that they want to go to Nathan's room. And then they go and ask you whatever questions that they want to ask you. Now it's no longer me, I'm out of it. And you guys get to network with Nathan. And so I really just want everybody to like get to know each other. If you have similar interests, go talk to people who have those same interests. And then we're just going to repeat that for two full days. And it's going to be really long, but it's going to be really powerful. And I'm, I'm super excited about it. I'm excited. That sounds so much fun, you know, and just being able to network. Cause I know when we went to the conference and stuff, like it felt good to be around people talking with people and the networking, but it was just like, just being the human interactions that we've missed for, God, we're almost going on. <laughs> yeah. Feels like forever. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's the thing that most people miss is human interaction. And you can really get this. You get that. And you know what also is, is like maybe there is someone that's in the conference or whatever that is uh five steps ahead of you. Exactly. And you can literally talk to them and be like, hey man, like I'm stuck here. How'd you get past this? And then they're like, hey, you know, this, this, and this. It's easy but you can't do that or not that you can do that. It's a lot harder to do that. Like through a cold message, right? Exactly. Then something already being warm and inviting. Yeah. A lot of OT entrepreneurs have already talked about that. This whole idea of like, Hey, can I pick your brain? And it's like, well, I have invested a lot of my own time and money in the education of everything that you're seeing me produce and now you want to just like pick my brain for free and that's not cool. And so this event is like the master of the pick your brain. Like you can come pick anybody's brain right now. This yeah, because we yeah. are all here for that reason. Like ask me all the questions. That's the one thing I hate. <laughs> like, yeah. can, I, can I pick your brain for a moment? It's like, oh man, what are you? Yeah. What are you trying to ask? You know, 
exactly. type of thing. You want me to give you like everything? Here you go. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. On that note, if you do want to pick someone's brain, that's why you start a podcast. Yes. Because that's then so you're able to get this person away for like an hour and you don't even need to take the hour. You literally yeah. can take 30 minutes and then the rest of it can be like, all right, we're networking. Cause they're already blocked out an hour there for whatever. As long as the interview goes good, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't go bad. And you're pushing their mission to your audience, allowing them a platform. They're more than likely to come on and be open to having that time with you. Yeah. I kid around saying that I secretly created this event for myself so that I can see what everyone else is doing and like just take all the ideas and run with them. <laughs> Um, so yeah, hey. that's the same thing with the podcast. Yep. Yeah. Whatever works, right? Whatever works. All right. So we're towards the end of the podcast here, Rena. I don't know if you've been listening for a while yet, but, um, now we're doing these things called pod decks. So we bust out the pod decks I have, uh, on the side here, pod decks link is in the description. If you guys uh, want to buy these, they actually make fun for uh, party games as well but I like to use them during the interviews because a little more in depth into you as uh, the guest. So this is a this or that deck and it says, so this or that uh, ghost stories or urban legends and why? Oh, I feel like uh, that's a tough one. I guess I would go ghost stories. Oh really? Yeah. I feel like I'm obligated to like Halloween because my birthday is like so close to it. Oh, there you go. There you go. (laughs) I think mine will be urban legends, but that's just because like we grew up being told like La Lorena and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, what other ones? There is just a bunch that just scare kids and to make them do chores and stuff. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. Right. All right. Hungry or hangry? Oh, I'm so a hangry person. I'm oh, really? so bad if I don't eat and if I don't sleep, my mood is so off. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we got to make sure that you eat today. <laughs> yeah. I got my snacks here somewhere. Right. Peanut butter cookies. <laughs> there you go. Peanut butter. All right. Remodel or renovate? Oh, remodel or renovate. That's a good one. That is a good one. Uh, I would say remodel. Yeah. 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 Remodel. Okay. Why remodel? Um, it's easier. Yeah. I would say it's probably more expensive, but you get what you pay for. I don't know. True. True. And you get to make with the remodel, you get to like, kind of like, uh, design your dream place. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, last one. It's funny. Jiggle or wiggle? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with... Uh, what is it? What is it, wiggle? Yeah, I was going to say, so wiggle's wiggle. like, so like, like that, right? Like or when you're like always wiggling in your seat. Like you're always oh, okay, okay. And like a jiggle is like what your fat does i feel like when you're like moving. oh okay. <laughs> like what your fat does when you're like bouncing like oh okay. jiggling. i don't know oh. i'm gonna go with wiggle i'm always wiggling in my seat can't stay still it's so bad when i'm on video i'm always like moving i have to tell myself to stop swiveling in my chair yeah i do that too i definitely do that that's why i stand 
So it allows it. You, you were standing. It allows me to move. Yeah, I have a standing desk. So it allows me to move and use my hands. Cause if I'm sitting, like I hit the desk and I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. Well, Reina, I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast. And if the listeners got anything from the interview and they're like, hey, I want to work with Reina. How can they do that? Also, we're going to have the link for the conference in the show notes. So you guys can uh, register for that if you're interested. But uh, yeah, tell us how they can get in contact with you. Yeah, so they can get more information on my website, www.telehealthotservices.com. I'm easiest to reach on Facebook. I know that's not really professional, but I will answer a Facebook messenger message like a hundred times faster than I do my email. So friend request me and we'll chat. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast and uh, for listeners, don't forget to rate, review and follow for more episodes. Peace guys. For more inspiring conversations like this one, I invite you to join my free Facebook group, Healthcare Hacks and Connections. Also, be sure to subscribe, rate, review on Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Lastly, be sure to follow our socials on Instagram, the podcast underscore doc and Nate Novice on Facebook. Thank you and have a great day.